Um, it's, it's fun to be here. It's, it's kind of um, very different for me. I've never done this um, uh, in a crowd like this before. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it because um, uh, one of the things that, if you know me really well, you know that I'm very, very passionate about, and that is spiritual gifts. I did invite all my friends and relatives to come, and they're all in the front row over here. <laughs> so I'm counting on you guys um, tonight. Richard uh, and I, for a long time, uh, Richard puts up with a lot from me, but we both have had the same passion for um, a couple of things. Uh, but the, the, the big thing that we have in common is uh, the use of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. Richard is the brains of the operation, and I'm pretty much the mouth. So um, bear with me tonight. Uh, if you've never heard me speak, um, try not to doze off. Uh, I'll take it very personally. Um, there's several reasons that spiritual gifts are, are very, uh, very important to me, and I'm very passionate about those. The first one is um, sort of the big picture, and that is covenant family. You may or may not have heard that term around here. If you've been around me long enough, you've heard it uh, so many times, you don't want to hear it again. But covenant family, you are my covenant family. Um, and, I, you know, I look out across this room, and I see a lot of people who have influenced my life, who have contributed to who I am, um, to... Uh, becoming a better person, and you've done that for my family and my children, too. Um, that's part of being in a covenant family is that I can depend on you to help me raise my children, and I am as responsible as you are for helping you raise yours. The same thing goes for Bible studies, for men's prayer groups, for uh, the Trip 2 program. All of those things are part of what it means to be a covenant family to each other, and I love my covenant family. I love my covenant family. See, I get all emotional when I talk about it. <clears throat> my second reason for being very passionate about this is that my own personal experience has taught me that when someone discovers what their spiritual gift is or gifts, um, Jimmy's the only one I know that only has one. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, <clears throat> no, he has several. Um, everybody has at least one, but usually more than one. But once someone discovers what they are, and they really take to heart that they want to use those in the body of Christ and put them to work. Um, what transpires in the life of that person is a wonderful thing to see. Um, it, it's almost like being saved all over again. It was for me. It's because you understand that there's value in, in, in who you are in the, in the body of Christ, um, that you're gifted for a, a specific purpose. And... Um, Growth is inevitable. You know, a lot of people spend their lives in the body of Christ and they get to a certain place and they just don't grow anymore. I grew more spiritually when I discovered what my spiritual gifts were and started using them, even haphazardly using them, than I ever did in all the years that I was a Christian before. And I find that true for most anybody who will take this on as a serious uh, part of their uh, spiritual life. Um... The first place, uh, and I'll tell you a little story about, about me, was um, umpteen years ago back on Murray Road. We, were, we started in February, and then we went into a new Sunday school year uh, that fall. Well, Children's Church was closed for, I think, 
it was October, so it had been closed for three months because nobody wanted to teach it. Um, and, you know, like that little puppy dog that sits in the back of the car, I, um, I said, oh, I'll do it, um, with no idea, no clue as to, um, didn't think I was a teacher, didn't, didn't know what a spiritual gift was, um, but I was going to do it. And I, I got some other people who were dumb enough to um, agree to do it with me. And one of the first things I ever taught the kids was about spiritual gifts. I wanted them to understand that they were significant in the body of Christ. So I was teaching first, second, and third graders about what their spiritual gifts. It was in the process of doing that that I discovered that one of my spiritual gifts was teaching. Well, I was just flabbergasted. I thought, well, look at here. I have a teaching gift, and look what I'm doing. I'm teaching. And I just, to me, that was just such a, a sweet thing that God did. Um, and from that point on, I, I um, was ravenous to learn more about spiritual gifts. Um, and I've studied them for, gosh, probably the last 10 years. Um, but it made such a difference in my life. And um, it's where I'm here today because of, probably because of that one significant thing that happened in Children's Church. The third reason I'm passionate about this is because we are all, <clears throat> we are all called to do something in the body of Christ. There are not the called and the uncalled. There are the obedient and the disobedient. And I'm sure you've heard that before, but it is so true. God did not bring you into the kingdom of God to keep a pew warm. There are seasons of life when you can't do anything. That's understandable. But for the majority of your time in the body of Christ... You are to be an active participant in the body of Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.16, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion, for woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Y'all, that's the way I feel about teaching and doing what I do here. Woe be unto me if I do not use what God has given me. And Paul, the part of that scripture that I love is, I'm under compulsion. If you know your spiritual gifts and you've never felt the compulsion to have to be busy using those, then you need to pray um, during this next few weeks as we talk more about this, that God would give you that compulsion. Um, And lastly, my last reason for being very passionate about this is... um, I've been a Christian since I was 15. Um, didn't mean I lived like one, but um, I've been one since I was 15. And for years, even into my late 20s, you know, the scripture talks about peace and joy and contentment. Well, I didn't have a clue what that was. I had never experienced what the scripture was talking about, didn't know why it was even in there most often. But It was when I discovered these gifts and I started using them that I understood what real joy was. There's nothing, ladies and gentlemen, nothing like serving the body of Christ and knowing that what you did uh, pleased God and what you did ministered and edified those in the body of Christ. That's joy. And there's nothing... Nothing out there that compares to that. And that's one of the re- my biggest reason I'm so passionate about it is because I know what I've experienced. And I would love for all of you to have that same experience also. 
there's peace, there's joy, there's contentment um, in serving the body of Christ using your gifts. Um, now that I've gotten on myself my soapbox, I'll step off and um, we'll get on with um, some of the practical aspects of spiritual gifts. One of the things, um, I'm a visual learner, so um, <clears throat> everything I'll do for the next three weeks will hopefully be um, visual for, for all of you. Um, we'll start with a little handout that I gave you. Um, I learn better when I write stuff down, um, so that's why you have a little handout. You can throw it in the trash if you want, but um, I like to use them. Uh, to begin with an introduction of the definition of what a spiritual gift is, there are lots of definitions out there, um, and this one is kind of vague, but it will become more concrete as we go, um, go through. The definition of a spiritual gift is the ability to express, celebrate, display, and so communicate Christ in a way that builds up and strengthens the body of Christ. Um, or other Christians and enlarges the church. Um, and then in 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11 um, is one of the best, I think, descriptions um, in the Bible about uh, what, special, what spiritual gifts are. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. It's talking about the gift of prophecy, which we'll talk about um, later. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplied. Those of you that have the gift of service, it's a wonderful gift. I don't happen to possess it. Um, And sometimes people who have the gift of service get taken advantage of a lot in the body of Christ because they like to do everything. And they don't complain usually. But sometimes you feel taken advantage of. That's why you have, according to what the scripture says, you have to do so by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever. Um, Now we'll talk about the um, sort of a big picture about spiritual gifts. Um, The body of Christ cannot function at its highest potential without each person using their gifts. Um, if half the people in this room knew what their gifts were and used their gifts, this would be an amazing place. I've seen churches where spiritual gifts was taught, um, encouraged, nurtured. Um, they are some of, not just in numbers are they large, but they're so large in, um, and just growth. You see it everywhere you go in, in those churches. And I, I don't think we're a dead church by any stretch of the imagination, but my, my dream is what would we be like if we were all using our gifts? Um, if, you're not, if you find a church, which some of us came from or have been to in years, you find a place that no one uses their gifts. There's a lot of people doing things, but nobody's using their gifts. Um, it becomes a dead place, and some of us came from dead churches. You are, um, it's kind of a bold statement, but it's pretty true. You are either um, a functioning part of the body of Christ, or you're dormant. You serve no purpose. It's a black and white issue, and once you know and understand uh, this truth, 
after these three weeks, you become very responsible for what you know. I got you. <laughs> um, the, um, one of the ways uh, that I, I want to lay this kind of foundation for what we're going to talk about over the next two weeks is to answer some six little basic questions about spiritual gifts, and that will help us get a, a better picture of um, what it means to uh, have our spiritual gifts, where they came from, and um, how to use them. My dad used to tell me, um, when I, he told me a lot of things when I was growing up, mostly to sit down and be quiet, but uh, <laughs> I was a little active as a child. Um, but he said, you know, if you don't vote, you can't complain about the government. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not busy in the body of Christ and active, don't complain about what goes on. It is only by being active and busy and part of, of the knitting together of the body of Christ, uh, and you pretty much lose any ideas of having to complain. It's because you're busy and active um, and being used by the Lord, and there's nothing more rewarding. We're going to answer the first two questions, which are who and what. There's three scriptures that I uh, put on there for you that, talk, that answer those questions. The what is pretty simple. It's spiritual gifts. That's what we're talking about. But the who, uh, one of the questions I get asked most is uh, who has spiritual gifts? Well, in Corinthians, Paul, in all three of these passages, the people that are being addressed are Christians. They're believers within the church. And in Corinthians, Paul says, but to each one, who each one, everybody in this room, children included, have been given a spiritual gift, at least one. I find that most people have three really strong ones. Um, uh, this passage refers to gifts as a manifestation. We'll get into that more next week. And at the bottom it says, um, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, all these gifts, distributing to who? Each one, just as he wills. Two other scriptures that are short uh, in 1 Peter 4.10, which is one we talked about earlier. Um, Peter makes it clear in chapter 1, verse 1, that he is addressing um, believers. It says, as each one has received what? A special gift, employ it into serving to one another. And again, in Romans, Paul's addressing the church in Rome. Um, and since we have gifts, who, we, what do we have? We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. You know, Paul's passage to the Corinthians is really long. The church at Corinth was a real headache for him. I often say that's probably the church I would belong to if uh, I'd lived back then. I can be a real pain, can I, Richard? <laughs> Um, some of y'all know that for true. Um, the questions, when and where, um, when do we get our spiritual gifts? That's another question I hear all the time. Um, and you could talk about that uh, at depth. But um, when, uh, at the time of our conversion, we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. These are spiritual gifts um, bestowed upon us by the Holy Spirit. We become responsible at that time for a lot of things, for our growth, for our development, for what we learn. Um, but one of the things that you are really, really responsible for, I think, 
uh, is to find, develop, and to, and to fully use the gifts that you have to serve the kingdom and the church. Um, a lot of people think that you can only use them at church. I, I believe wholeheartedly that there are men in our congregation who are called to be salt and light at their jobs. That is their mission field. That is where they're called to use their gifts. Um, I believe that, and I know men who do that. Um, I believe there are all kinds of places that we can use our gifts, but the purpose is to, is to edify the body. Um, you, don't, you can't evangelize at the church, that's true, but you know, evangelism is a gift that's used, uh, hopefully, to reach the outside world. So um, you can use them. There are thousands of places that you can use your gifts. One of the, um, the places I know that really, really needs good, solid volunteers um, are our inner city missions that we support. I sit on a board for a mission um, called Red Zone, and they are, uh, it's five, five men and one woman, and they minister to black teenagers um, all over the city of Memphis in every area. In the first meeting that we had, I asked them, I said, what... Um, if you had one need, one thing that you really, really needed, what, what would that be? You know, and I'm thinking money. They said volunteers. They need people to drive vans. They need people to teach. They need people just for crowd control. Um, and, and they can't get it from their own community, which is sad, too. But, um, you know, we, it's easy to give our money. It's not easy to give our time and drive to Midtown or drive to Raleigh or drive to, you know, wherever and serve one night a week uh, or even once a month. But um, missions are a great place to use your, your gifts um, if you can't find a place here at church to use them. Um, the next question oh, uh, is how. How do we uh, find out what our gifts are? Well, we're, we're getting a good start these next three weeks to, to find out. But for other people, too, uh, there's five things you need to do. The first one is to take. Take a spiritual gifts test, which we've all received if you walked in the door. Some of you have already taken this. If you've taken it, you know what your gifts are and you don't want to do it again. You can just put this back on the table and um, not use it. But I'll talk about this at the end and explain how to use it. But take a spiritual gifts test. Um, this is one of the most or the more reputable tests. We found it to work really, really well, and uh, so do a lot of other uh, of our counterparts' churches. Um, the next one is to study the scriptures and what they say about spiritual gifts. Um, it's pretty, they're pretty clear on that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that um, next week to get a, a better read on how you break them down. The next one is to read a reputable book on spiritual gifts. If you like to read books, some people don't. Um, and I'll give you some, a list of some of those, too. Uh, examine your life and find the things that you love to do and are relatively good at doing. Well, um, that can take a little time. Um, and some of the things that we think we might be good at, we probably need to ask our spouse if we really are good at it. I know my husband is brutally honest with me and tells me what I'm not good at. Um, but, you know, I, um, I'm very bossy, for those of you that haven't figured that out yet. Um, and um, one of my gifts is leadership. It's my, my top gift, is the gift of leadership. 
um, which doesn't mean that bossy is a good thing. I always thought it was a good thing, but um, <laughs> leadership is actually a better thing. Um, but that's sort of how it manifested itself in my life early on. I was, you know, I, I knew exactly what needed to be done, and this is where I wanted to go, and I wanted everybody to follow me, but nobody would. Um, still have a hard time. <laughs> Um, but that, when you look at your life and you see the things, if you're, if you love animals and you love children and you, you hurt for everybody that has a, a, a bad day or a bad situation or, um, you just want to pray for people in difficult situations, then you probably have the gift of mercy or compassion. I kind of use them together. I, I, I score zero on the test in compassion. Don't I, Richard? <laughs> Zero. Um, I might have worked up to a two, but, you know, that's pretty embarrassing when your director of children's ministry tells you that she has no compassion. Um, I always say, I quote the scripture in Romans, it says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion upon whom I'll have compassion. Um, People tell me I do have it, but I I really, it's people who are truly compassionate, who, who possess that gift, are that way to everybody. I'm only that way, depends on what day it is and what's wrong. (laughs) So um, examine your life and find the things that you love doing or that you're relatively good at um, and and the way that you feel about situations. Um, Fortunately, my husband's secondary gift is compassion, so he kind of weighs, balances me out. Um, And most importantly, you should pray and ask God for wisdom and guidance and to stir up your gifts. He always always, always will answer you. One of the things you'll find, too, is that the body of Christ, when you find your gifts, will confirm that they are your gifts. That's, that's another sure test of how to know um, what you're good at. The last question is why. Why do we need to know what our spiritual gifts are? <clears throat> and what, what, why do we have them? Um, in 1 Corinthians 12:7, I love this. But each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. You are here to serve for the benefit of everyone in the covenant family. Not everybody is going to benefit from it, but somebody will. And you may never know about it, but that's not why you do it. Um, The next one is... It teaches us to serve. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Y'all, we have given, been given so much grace in our own lives. I know I have. Um, that it, the outpouring of that should be that we want others to see that and to experience that. And we do that when we serve one another. In Ephesians 4.16 I love this one, too. Um, From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body. When you use your spiritual gift, this body of believers grows. Not numerically. It might do that, too. But it grows, and it becomes a living entity. Um, for the building up of itself in love. Um, you know, my mother, uh, as most of you know, just recently underwent knee surgery. And thank you for your prayers. Another 
benefit of covenant family um, prayers and encouraging words and support and visits. But mother has, she had a lot of physical problems that made this a difficult surgery um, where she could have easily died on the table. But we, you know, just by God's grace and, and his care, it wasn't her time. And she um, is doing, she's in her words, doing wonders and squirting cucumbers. So I, um, I don't know what that means, but, you know, she was raised in the South, so what can you say? But she's doing so well. But the most difficult thing for her so far has not been this knee that she had replaced. It's her other knee. Her other knee compensated for so many years for her bad knee that didn't work. That she had, it had to go back to learn how to work normally. And it was hard for that knee for the first two or three days to figure out what it was really supposed to be doing, just like the new knee. Um, and that's what happens to the body of Christ. Same thing when you have a broken leg or a broken arm or uh, like Dale tonight, he hurt one eye. So he needs a patch over his eye. When one part of your body does not function, every part of the body suffers. And that's so true with spiritual gifts. It's, it's not as obvious you can't see it like a broken leg, but um, every, bo- every part of the body um, has to function or needs to function uh, through its gifts. Um, one of the ironic things about um, the reward of spiritual gifts and using them, um, everybody likes to uh, be appreciated. Everybody likes a kind word said to them about something. Um, one of the dangers of spiritual gifts is to use them for the wrong reasons, to use them so that that's what you receive. Um, if, you truly use your, your, if you truly use your spiritual gifts for the right reasons, that's just a byproduct of it. When it's not selfishly motivated, when it's motivated out of the, the graciousness of God, the, the gratitude in your heart for what Christ has done for you, then... Um, what comes in abundance is that appreciation and that, that um, gratitude from others. Uh, you don't even have to. In fact, often it comes as a surprise because you're just doing what you're good at. And people will say, oh, that was so sweet of you. That was so nice of you. Um, and those kind of things. So that, that's, to me, that's one of the sweet things um, that God does as a reward for using your gifts. That was, those are the main purposes of your gifts. Here's the ultimate purpose of your gifts. Um, my favorite question in the Westminster Confession of Faith is, what is, the, what is the chief end of man? Why in the heck are we here? We're here for one reason and one reason only. And that is to glorify God in all that we do and enjoy him forever. Corinthians tells us, whether you then you eat or drink, or whatever you do. Why do we do it? We do it for the glory of God. Romans, same thing. Uh, to him be the glory forever. First Peter 4.11 So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever. That's the ultimate purpose of why we do what we do. Um. One of my hopes over the next uh, two weeks is um, it's going to be a lot more fun.
fun and interesting, I think, than, than just laying this foundation today was for us. Um, but one of the, the prerequisites to have fun next week <laughs> will be to take the spiritual gifts test. Now, you have the test, but you also have a small printout um, uh, attached to your handout that if you don't have one or the other. And I want to explain how to take the test, and I'm not trying to be condescending, but it took me three days to figure this stinker out. So um, I'm going to help you. <laughs> not that y'all aren't a whole lot brighter than me, but... Um, On the test, now, here's a word of warning. Some of you, when you get to the end of this test, are not going to like your spiritual gifts. You're going to want somebody else's spiritual gift. I'm so sorry, but you can't have it. Um, The other word of warning is some of you are going to be very surprised by your spiritual gifts. Um, Particularly what I call um, in... Uh, I think scripture calls them manifestation gifts. These are gifts of faith and wisdom and discernment. These manifest themselves through other gifts, like the gift of service uh, or the gift of teaching. Um, Jimmy, the last two days in the the March of Discovery, talked about, I think today was on discernment, wasn't it? I can't remember. Anyway, one of them is on discernment. It's one of my favorite gifts. Don't have it. Got three people in my family that have it, and they're constantly telling me that I don't have it. <laughs> um, but it, um, the gifts that are going to surprise you that you really don't think you have, but when we talk about them over the next two weeks, uh, we'll explain them a little better, and, and you'll start to see um, where they show up in your life. But on the test, you'll, there's 96 questions on the test. You read each question. First one is, I am willing and able to learn executive skills such as planning, organizing, delegating, and recruiting. Well, some of you just want put a gun to my head. I do not want anything to do with that. Then you would put zero. You would put an X in the column that says not at all. If some of you can't wait to get up every morning so that you can do that and train everybody else in your family and organize them, then you would put in the first column, you'd put an X, which is much, and anything in between. Does that make sense so far? Um, do that in every, uh, on every question um, and complete them. Uh, then on page 12, which is uh, the spiritual gifts worksheet. Now, this is what took me so long to figure out. You go back to each question uh, here. And on the first one, which for me would be a much, uh, a three, I would go to the number one and I would put a three. Then I go to question number two and see what I scored. I don't even remember what question number two is, but I am warm. To- <laughs> no, that's a zero. I am warm towards and cooperate in my church's foreign mission emphasis. I love missions. I don't. I, I, and I, but there are people in this church who love missions. Bill Arnold sitting right over there is one of them. They have such a heart for missions. His would be a three. Mine would be somewhere between some and little, probably some, because I do love more missions. Um, then you would put that, ant- that number that corresponds to that question next to the two, and you do that all the way down. And, and when you're scoring, it goes down, then up, down, down, down. Now, then when you get to the to the, when you've got all of the, the 96 blocks filled in, then you take row A and you add it all the way across. 
Same with all the others. The highest score on this test in, in any individual category is an 18. The least is a zero. Don't be upset if you get a zero, unless it's in compassion. <laughs> then you and I can sit in the corner. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're familiar with your spiritual gifts, um, you're probably going to score, your top scores will be somewhere between 14 and 18 in your actual gifts. They're going to be high. If you've never taken spiritual gifts tests before, you're not familiar with them, your scores are probably going to be a little lower. You're going to be a little more critical of yourself. Again, if you can't answer the question, you don't know, ask your spouse. Ask somebody that knows you really well. Ask your best friend. They'll give you an answer. Um, some of you probably won't like it, but they'll give you one. Um, then look at your gifts. I've had people who've had in the high range as many as six. Uh, uh, usually there's three that are pretty close together. Um, but don't get panic-stricken um, if you've got five that are all like 15, 16, 17, and 18. That's okay. Um, one of the things you'll see, too, that as you um, start to develop your spiritual gifts, all the other ones, if you take the test again, will probably increase uh, in, in their value. Because when you start using your gifts, your, the other things that you need to know and do come to the surface. Um, next week, bring your test back with you, if you remember. And um, we're going to talk about each individual gift and how it corresponds in the body of Christ. Um, and that's the really fun part. And I, it, I want you all to participate in that, ask questions, um, all those kind of fun things. So um, I hope I didn't bore you too much tonight. Um, next week will be really fun as long as you all will participate. If you're not, I'll call on you. Um, but thanks for being very attentive. I appreciate it. Let's um, bow our heads and close prayer. Father, I just thank you that... Um, what you've given us in the body of Christ is a covenant family, that um, there are people around us who love us, who care about us, who want um, to see us prosper um, as a member of the body of Christ and as fellow believers. Father, I pray that this information we've received tonight, that you would apply it to our hearts, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts that long to know you better, that you would um, stir within us a compulsion like Paul said, to know and develop our spiritual gifts so that we might serve you, Father, and that we might bring you glory uh, above all things. And I ask you to go with us, bring us back safely next week. Um, and we ask all these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Thanks for coming.